All right, here we go. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Old Head Podcast. I'm Steven, as usual, and today's episode is very special because it is fueled by all of you guys out there. Not all of you, but a a good amount of you. On the last episode, I decided that this episode would be an AMA, which stands for Ask Me Anything, and I put out the call on the podcast and on my various social media platforms for uh, anyone to ask me anything, and you guys did. I was a little bit worried that I wasn't really going to get any questions, and I would have to quietly back away and hope that nobody remembered that I said anything about doing an AMA podcast. But you know what? I don't have to do that. You guys came through for me, and I totally appreciate it. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. The first question comes to us from John, who sent me an email, and you can send me an email anytime you want to at oldheadpodcast at gmail.com. And John writes, I was interested to hear your thoughts on one of Phil Anselmo's other projects, Down. For those of you who don't know, Down is kind of a super group, I guess, put together by Phil Anselmo in the 90s, and it has... Pepper Keenan from Corrosion of Conformity, and some other people from other bands who are less notable. But um, they put out their first album, which is called NOLA, in 1995. And to be honest, when it came out, it, it did absolutely nothing for me. But over the years, I've come to enjoy it. But that's kind of where my interest in Down stops. And it's mostly because they just kind of did the same shit again, for their subsequent releases. And that style of sort of stoner metal, where the riffs all just sound like rehashed Black Sabbath riffs, it it gets very boring very quickly for me. And so I like that first Down album, but after that, I don't hate any of it. I'm just not actively going to put it on and listen to it. So uh, thanks, John, for the question. Now let's move over to uh, YouTube real quick. If if uh, if you're all listening to this as a podcast, I do also have a YouTube page. It's not easy to find under the name Old Head, but if you type Old Head Podcast in there, you should be able to find it. Um, but I got a, a question from a YouTube user called Lantern Jaw, and his question was, did you collect CDs Did you get rid of them, and what was the catalyst for focusing on vinyl? So first off, yes, I absolutely collected CDs. Um, Once I was able to get a CD player in the early 90s, that's all I wanted to get, because at that point, it was like the new thing, and it was the better quality thing. Everyone was leaving their records and cassettes behind. And so over the course of the 90s, And into the 2000s, I ended up amassing a collection of hundreds of CDs and um, eventually ended up selling the few vinyl records I had from when I was a kid and, you know, probably just trashed all my cassettes. I I don't I don't fucking know. Um, But my uh, reason for abandoning CDs and getting rid of all my CDs, which, yes, I did get rid of all my CDs. And the reason for that wasn't because... I 
started collecting vinyl, it was because I wasn't ever listening to them. What I would do was get the CD, rip it onto my computer, and then throw it onto my iPod. And once I had Apple Music and all that shit was just there, and the quality was, you know, good enough for me for just on-the-go listening, I was like, well, why am I taking up all this fucking space? I don't go and look at these CDs. I don't flip through, you know, the, the booklets of CDs ever. So I ended up ditching those. And then a few years later, this was probably around 2015 or so, and I, and I talk about this at length on an episode I did of this podcast that's just called Vinyl. But around 2015, I was in a record store, and I hadn't been in a record store in a while, really. And I just started looking through the used records, and I found an old-school copy of Rat's first album, Out of the Cellar. And for some reason, just looking at it, looking at the cover art and, you know, pulling out the sleeve and looking at the record, it just made me feel something. And so I went to the counter and I bought that record, even though I didn't have a record player. I had gotten rid of my record player a decade or so before. And so, of course, very soon after that, I said, well, I guess I'm collecting records now. And so at first I went and got like a pretty cheap Audio Technica uh, record player and I started to collect a little bit of vinyl and very quickly I realized that this was what I was missing in my life. And the rest is history. Thank you, Lantern Jaw, for the question. And let's move on to Twitter now. If you use Twitter and you're not following me, you can find me under Old Head Podcast. And this question comes from my good Twitter pal, Ralph, and he asks a few questions, and I'll, I'll answer um, a good amount of them real quickly. The first one, he asks if I have been to or plan on going to any good concerts lately. The short answer to that is not really, because I normally can't afford to go to the shows I want to go to. Um, I have a kid. I, I have a life where it's kind of hard to get out sometimes, but also um, I hate going downtown in Austin, Texas, where I live. It fucking sucks. So going to a club show is out because I don't want to deal with the madness of downtown. But the last show I did go to was on my birthday back in March, and that was Metallica. Uh, I traveled to Lubbock, Texas to see Metallica, and that was a fucking great show. And uh, I don't really have any plans to see anything anytime soon. I will be going with my fiance uh, to see the Tours. if you know who they are. That's a side project by Jack White from the White Stripes. Um, she's really into them, and I, I kind of dig that band too. So that's the next show I'll be going to, but sadly, I do not go to as many concerts as I would like to. Uh, moving on to uh, Ralph's next question. I'm going to put a few of these together. He asks, play an instrument? If so, what? And ever been in a band? And the answer to uh, all those questions is yes. I play an instrument, I play guitar, and I can kind of rudimentarily, is that a word? Play bass and drums. I can get by, but that's not my main instrument. And really, if you want to split hairs, I'm not that great of a guitar player either. I'm more of a fan of writing songs and putting songs together, putting the pieces together. And so 
in a lot of the bands that I have been in, that was kind of my role. I wasn't necessarily the amazing guitarist or singer, although sometimes I was the only guitarist and singer in the bands I was in, but mostly I was kind of the guy that put the songs together. So yeah, I have been in and out of bands for about 25 years now, and obviously none of them broke big, because here I am. And um, I have been doing music on my own. Um, If you feel inclined to go search it out, you can search your Apple Music or Spotify or YouTube. And my stuff is under the name Supporting Actor. And it's kind of more of a heavy alternative rock kind of thing, because that's kind of where my gut takes me when I make music. It's not necessarily what I love to listen to all the time, but it seems to be what I'm quote-unquote good at. And finally, a question from Ralph that I am not going to answer. He asked for my top 10 bands. And the reason I'm not going to answer that today is because I'm going to do a whole other episode on my top 10 bands, probably next episode. So look out for that. And thank you, Ralph, for the questions. Now... Let's move back over to YouTube. This question comes from Bugs Vinyl, and he asks, for the most underrated 80s band, in my opinion. And this was one that I thought hard on. I just said hard on. <laughs> um, but the band that I ended up coming back to every time, and it really has nothing to do with them being underrated in the 80s, it has to do with me feeling like they're underrated now. And that band is Rat. I spoke about them earlier. They made me get into vinyl. But beyond that, Rat are a band that was very consistent in putting out, in my opinion, quality hard rock music throughout the 80s. They started like real early. like They were old school. They were back when Motley Crue was just starting out and shit. They weren't one of those also-rans that jumped on board when the shit got big. They were old school. And not only that, their shit was chock full of killer riffs. They get lumped in to this whole hair metal thing, and I think that that is bullshit because their albums are just kick-ass from beginning to end. And also, there were no ballads. Sure, you could probably make a case for something like Closer to My Heart or uh, once they got to the 1990 album... Um, They had a couple songs on there that were slower tempo and they were melodic and stuff. But if you compare any of those songs to any of the quote-unquote monster ballads that, you know, come to mind, they didn't have any of those. They were just a killer rock band. And yeah, they got swept up in all the hype of all the 80s hard rock excesses and whatnot. But I think they are a very important and great 80s hard rock band and maybe the reason why they're kind of underappreciated at this point is because they have just been synonymous with drama although i think these days la guns has taken the top spot when it comes to fucking drama but anyway moving on back over to twitter and lewis asks me to compile my ultimate dead musician group so it has to be Two guitar players, a singer, a bass player, and a drummer, and they all have to be dead. So, after giving it some serious thought, here is my ultimate dead musician group. I'm going to start with the obvious ones. On bass guitar, 
Mr. Cliff Burton. Do I really need to say why? I don't. Cliff Burton was an amazing bass player, and I can't think of anyone else I would rather have holding down that low end in my band. And uh, so moving on to guitar, another sort of duh choice by me, but one of my guitarists would be Mr. Dimebag Daryl. Once again, what do I really need to say? Nothing. Dimebag was a phenomenal guitar player, and his riffs are just out of this world, so yeah, he's in. And rounding out my guitar duo, because we have such a badass lead player, we have to have a fucking phenomenal rhythm player. And so my other guitar player would be Mr. Jeff Hanneman from Slayer. That dude was a fucking monster. So yeah, it just fucking makes sense. So far, sounds like a pretty badass band to me. But who's holding the beat down? Who do I choose as the drummer? for my ultimate dead musician band. That one took a little bit of thought, but I decided that I want my drummer to be Nick Menza from Megadeth fame. The drums on all of the Megadeth albums he played on are just so fucking spot on, and that dude knows how to play some fast shit, and he knows how to make those grooves just flow. And I, I, I can't say enough good things about Nick Menza. So uh, there you go, on drums. So that brings us to the vocalist of my ultimate dead musician group. This one, for some of you, might seem like kind of an out-of-left-field choice. But for me, it makes absolute fucking sense. The singer of my group would be Mr. Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. That guy was such a unique and powerful vocalist, and honestly, I think his best shit occurred when Alice in Chains were really fucking making heavy-ass music. Sure, the dude could do any kind of vocals he wanted to do, and so, obviously, I would want him in my band because I think, as a metal vocalist, obviously, I would think all these dudes together would be making metal. Who knows what they would make? But I think he would fit right in there, and that would be a fucking killer band. Thanks, Lewis, for the question. Now let's move over to Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, I'm there at oldhead.tx. And this question, actually a few questions, come from Apocalypse Inc. Vinyl. And his first question is, what's the best metal album that came out in the grunge era and why. That one didn't take much thought for me. 1994. Think about 1994. Grunge had already blown up into this massive thing where there were all these sound-alike grunge bands coming out from everywhere. Grunge was the popular music of the day. But one album came out in 1994 that was metal as fuck, and not only was it successful... It went to fucking number one on the Billboard charts when it was released. That album is Far Beyond Driven by Pantera. That is easily the best metal album to come out around that time. I mean, yeah, there were other good ones, but fuck, man. That album still blows me away to this day. So let's move on to uh, the second question from Apocalypse Inc. Vinyl. And it's kind of a related question. Out of all the 80s metal bands who tried to stay relevant in the grunge era by going a little grunge, who made the best record and why? Now, this record I've talked a lot about on another episode 
that was called That Album with the Other Singer. We're talking about Sound of White Noise by Anthrax. The reason why I think that album was the most successful at quote-unquote going a little grunge is because it's still really heavy. It still sounds like Anthrax, but because of the addition of John Bush on vocals and them sort of tightening up the groove of what they were doing, it really didn't stick out like a sore thumb from the grunge stuff that was coming out. It was heavy, but it was a little bit alternative, I guess. I hate throwing out that word, but that's the best way to describe it. But that album is not only a great album, but it was amazing that they successfully moved over with this very different sounding vocalist and delivered an album that sounded relevant, but still heavy as fuck. And finally, the last question from Apocalypse Inc. Vinyl. It's kind of an interesting one. He says, you got to pick one band as the quote unquote future of thrash out of Power Trip or Vector. So my answer isn't really going to be either one of those bands. But if I had to choose between those two bands, I'm going to say Power Trip. But all of my opinions on this rest on what happens with these bands when they release another album. So Power Trip put out two albums that are both fucking killer, but are very similar. So are we going to get the same album over and over again from Power Trip? Or are they going to expand their sound? I would love them to do a Ride the Lightning kind of thing and really start to explore new territories. If they do that, that band's fucking taken over. Now, Vector, they're a very interesting band. I love their fucking music. It's exciting. It's technical as fuck. It doesn't really sound like anything else happening out there today, but I feel like they may have gone... I say they. It's one dude at this point, but they may have gone as far as they can go. We'll see, I guess, if they even put out another album um, because Home Dude may have royally fucked his career. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go Google it. But we'll see what happens there. But my real answer to who is the future of Thrash also has to do with what they do next. But the band that comes to mind immediately to me is the band Havoc. And that is based solely on the last album they put out, which is called Conformicide. That album is thrashy, but it's also pushing boundaries. And that's what I want in a thrash metal band. So if they continue to go down that road of expanding their sound and pushing those thrash metal boundaries, then I'm going to say Havoc is going to be that band. Once again, thank you very much for the questions. And so let's move over to Facebook. Yes, I'm on Facebook too. It's I think that's also Old Head Podcast is where you can find me on there. I'm not quite sure. Just, you know, look around a little bit. But this question comes from Daryl, and he asks, what's your favorite death metal album or favorite piece of band merch? Daryl, I'm going to answer both of those questions. My favorite death metal album of all time is The Bleeding by Cannibal Corpse. I realize that These days, Cannibal Corpse aren't really held in the same light as they were in the past, which baffles me, honestly. But at the time when The Bleeding came out, that was 1994, 
fuck that was that was same year as fucking far beyond driven what a great year for metal but um that album has everything i want in a death metal album it's got really killer memorable riffs it's got really cool tempo changes it's got really catchy vocals which at that point i don't think you could say that about any death metal album It was the first time that I actually learned all the lyrics to a death metal album because they were just so well put together and and the rhythms were great. I don't know. It was just catchy. And that's a weird thing to say about a death metal album. And I still feel that way today. That album is a fucking killer album. And as for my favorite piece of band merch, that actually would be uh, my pair of Metallica slip-on vans that my fiance bought for me a couple years ago. Um, I, I just, I love vans. That's my shoe of choice. And they're just fucking cool looking. You know, I'm one of those Metallica fans that I just think the logo looks badass and I would just put it on everything if I could. So yeah, that's kind of a newer piece of merch. But to be fair, I've never been a merch collector. I don't have any of the concert tees from back when I was younger. They all got worn out or lost in a move or whatever the fuck happened. But I'm unfortunately not a big collector of merch. But thank you very much, Daryl, for the questions. And you know what? Let's wrap this up. Let's do one more question. Let's move back over to Instagram. This question comes from Ellis, and he asks, Who would win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Obviously, we all know the answer to this question. Say it with me. Lemmy is God. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent me questions. You're all beautiful people, and I will see you again next time. Bye.